0: Hi, I'm Magdalena and I'm Valen Marie. Welcome Welcome to We We Have Have Time Time Now. Solitude. I feel like we should talk about solitude. Talk about solitude. Talking about about Taroka, how he talks about like going back to that childlike solitude and how like when you were a child and all the adults would be busy with their busy things and you would be alone like Connecting back to that kind of solitude where you're like really just in awe of the world around you. And really just alone with your inner life. I love that place. That's my favorite place ever. And sometimes it makes it hard to be with other people. I'm really comfortable being with myself alone. Like that's what I've been doing since I was little. Like if you knew me as a kid, it was someone who was incredibly quiet and most comfortable alone. Like, that was just, that's always who I've been. And still to this day, sometimes the most relieved I feel is when I can just come back into my room and just be alone. I don't know, it's really scary for me to invite another person's solitude when my solitude has been, like, my girl my entire life. Like... I trust myself the most more than anybody, I think. Which I think is a great... I think that's... I think that's wonderful, yeah. I think that's where all my strengths come from, too. But it makes it so much harder to trust other people in as full a way. It's hard because I feel like the part of me that is keeping me from embracing an experience like love... Is also the part of me that has brought me so many of the great things in my life.
1: That's, yeah. I feel like you are someone who I'm like, Valen, at honestly, when I met you at like 18 years old, is like such a complete universe in herself, as Rilke talks about, like people being complete universes who are comfortable in their solitude. And like, you're someone who has never been like scared of emotions from what I've from what I've seen and like from an outside perspective the energy you bring into like your relationships and your world is very much like nothing is wrong to feel and like I've always felt that very much from you and it's interesting that you say that because I think it's like truly exceptional that like from such a young age you are already at this place where like you're so complete in and of yourself all the time and you don't seem to be like Like you don't give in easily to other people's emotional sway. You know, like you, we talked about you being the role of thunder in the first episode. I feel like where that comes from is like you bring in a very specific energy that isn't necessarily like it isn't the most dependent on other people that I have seen. I don't know if that makes sense, but like you, you feel like very secure in yourself and like in your, in your state of being. As you are completely alone. And then you bring that into other people's spaces. And it's generally speaking pretty amazing. So that that what you're saying about like a lot of your greatest strengths come from like your sense of comfort in solitude. That totally makes sense to me. Like you're not someone who seems super reactionary. Which is awesome in a lot of ways. And also makes you like a brilliant artist. Because you come in with so much like point of view on most things. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I was waiting for a butt.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. And I, on the other hand, I used to think I was someone who was very comfortable in solitude and, like, very fine with spending time by myself, which is true. Like, I know I love being alone and I, I think I'm very introverted. So, like, I frequently need to be alone in order to, like, recharge and not be exhausted from social interaction. However... <laughs> I've learned that it is more comfortable for me because I don't have to be worried about other people in so many different ways. Like I don't have to worry about caring about other people. I also don't have to worry about like what they think of me. It's less effort because there are like fewer variables. And so being alone feels great for me because it's easier to not be worried, but it doesn't necessarily come from a good place for me personally. And so I'm I'm trying to like challenge that sense of like solitude feels better because it feels like a rejection of, like, the idea that I'm running from something when I choose to be alone. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I love being alone. and very comfortable in it. But also, it's because other people make me nervous sometimes in a way that I wish I would challenge, you know?
0: I think I relate to that a lot. Like, even thinking about, like, little Valen, anytime I wanted to be alone, it's because, like, I was so nervous around people my age yeah talking to people like I was just nervous like I didn't know what to say even with family like big family like celebrations for holidays and stuff I was just like so quiet because I was just like I don't know what to say yeah I would always bring my book and I'd be like in the corner reading my book (laughs) like this is kind of fun to me yeah I like this I don't know if I want to do all that with you guys I think I escape a lot in solitude too I think
1: which is not inherently a bad thing, obviously. Like yeah.
0: yeah. But I think, like, maybe a little too much sometimes. Like, I think, I don't know. I, I've i said no to a lot of stuff in favor of just being more comfortable in solitude. Or there are so many times where I'm, like, not in solitude in a lot of company. And, like, the whole time I'm thinking about, like, I can't wait to just be home and yeah. be alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't even be present in the moment because I'm thinking about how, like, Oh, when I get home, I'm going to watch this, and I'm going to lay in my bed, and I'm going to, like, whatever. Which I think is normal for some part, but I don't know. I, I I think it's my strength, and it's also something I need to think about more. Yeah. I, I always say I want to fall in love. When I really, truly, 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 truly think about the reality of someone, like, sleeping in the same bed as me. Or, like... Always wanting to talk to me or like anything like that, I'm
1: like, I don't know. But I think the thing is like, w- if you fall in love with someone, despite the fact that they want to talk to you and you need time alone, or it might be because of the fact that like both of you are great on your own and like, you don't need to like talk twenty four seven in order to feel happy and like complete and stuff, you know, like. If you fall in love tomorrow with someone who, like, needs your attention 24-7, either you would work through it or you wouldn't. And you would move on from there, you know? This idea of, like, prioritizing work over romance or sex... I think it's because both of us find so much satisfaction in the work that we do. And it like when we talk about that, like meeting some percentage of your needs, like artistic work is like a large percentage of that. And then we have like other things in our lives that complement it. And Rilke talks about art being related to love and sex. And he says... The art of creating is nothing without the vast, ongoing participation and collaboration of the real world, nothing without the thousandfold harmonizing of things and beings, and the creator's pleasure is thereby inexpressibly rich because it contains memories of the begetting and bearing of millions. In a single creative thought dwell a thousand forgotten nights of love which infuse it with immensity, and those who come together in the night, Locked in the thrusting desire are gathering nectar, generating power and sweetness for some future poetic utterance that will sing the rapture. Mm. So, like, there's this whole thing about, like, artistry as, like, an act of love and an almost sexual act as well, and then also the way that love and sex inform art as, you know, the two are so interconnected. It
0: reminds me of, in the, towards the beginning of the letters... He has this whole thing where he's like, it literally doesn't matter
1: what people think of your art. You the only thing us. that can touch art is love. I fully agree with that because art is truthful and it is specific and it is personal and it comes from a place of solitude and it comes from you in its most like stripped down fashion. And only that can be reached by love because you cannot be wrong about who you are.
0: You can't be wrong.
1: People can judge your art any way they want. They'll
0: never actually get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, even people who love your art probably don't fully get it either. Yeah, and he says that he says all art is unattainable. All good art is unattainable on some level because it's so deeply personal that, like, no one without a complete and full understanding of you can understand everything you do. And
0: only you have a complete and full understanding of you. It reminds me of this quote that I had found It becomes ever clear that in truth there is no way we can choose or avoid it we are solitary. We can delude ourselves and act as if it were not so. That is all we can do. How much better to realize from the start that that is what we are and to proceed from there. Mm -hmm. It's like, and it ties into the idea of love as just two solitudes affecting each other. It's like we can never really merge. No, yeah. Yeah. We can never really 100% understand another person's solitude, another person's perspective, another person's life or walk through this earth we can get close to it
1: yeah and honestly the statistic that i think it i don't know if this is true anymore but it used to be true that five percent of people marry high school sweethearts that used to be such a distressing statistic to me but now i like it seems like an effort to get closer to understanding the solitude of someone else you know what i mean because you have like more context yeah whereas like if we were to meet someone and fall in love right now in Chicago, like they don't have the context of where we grew up. They also don't have the context of high school. They don't even have the context of college, which is crazy. You know, yeah. like that's so much of your life that is just unknown to someone. And that's kind of beautiful, but also scary because it feels like there's so much to explain. There's It feels like a larger bridge to cross.
0: There's always going to be distance between one and another. Yeah. 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 And we can get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. We're never there. No, 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 no. It's like this idea that Zeke and I always talk about more in terms of like what art intends to do, what even science, just like the approach, like what is happening here? What is the universe? What is life? What is going on? What is the meaning of this? (laughs) We're always just approaching. I don't think we have ever made it there maybe we never will make it to fully understand what's happening but we're always just approaching when we make a work of art to try to dissect an experience we're just approaching we're never really going to fully communicate what it meant to us what that experience meant to us what that art means to us but we can approach it and we can get very very
1: close because humans have great empathetic capacity cool. which is great but we'll never be like at the level of having someone experience exactly what you experience because we're not living every second as someone else.
0: Yeah, and the idea of approaching also reminds me of how Roko talks about God. God is something we're working towards. God mm-hmm. isn't something that was and now we're here. It's, he is what we're
1: going to. Yes, because Roko talks about like anguish and imperfection. Like those are the places where we learn how could God be anything except the result of like, so much learning and so much imperfection like how could god come before that and not after yeah
0: i have so many quotes highlighted let me see if he is the fulfillment must not what is lesser come before him so that he can emerge from fullness and overflow must he not come last in order to include everything in himself and what meaning could we find if he for whom we yearn belongs to the past as bees gather honey so do we reap the sweetness from everything and build God we begin him whom we will not experience any more than our ancestors were able to experience us and thus they these ancient ones are for us as ground as legacy as our coursing blood as a birthing that arises from the depths of time why not think rather that he is the one who is coming moving toward us from all eternity the final fruit of a tree whose leaves we are What stops you from projecting his birth into times to come and from living your life like a painful and beautiful day in the story of an immense pregnancy?
1: I think that's so beautiful because it's like, what are we doing if not trying our best to, like, learn from our life experience and move forward? Like, that is all, that's all people do. Yeah. You know, and like the idea that what is yet to come is yet better than what we've experienced like that's so beautiful
0: the idea that we're building god
1: collectively my mom when i used to get like anxious or stressed would always say that she truly believes everyone or not everyone most people are trying their absolute best to do what they think is right and i think if we have seven billion people on the planet all of them trying their best to do what they think is right like of course we're building towards something incredible Rails against conventions as well. He's like, don't write conventional love poems, because it's a convention. It's not truthful, and then it's, it's stupid.
0: <laughs> it reminds me of like the other day I was thinking about the first play I ever wrote in high school, and that was so me chasing a certain effect. It did not come at all from me, and I love how Ruka talks about like, um at the beginning he's like, I read your poems. I was particularly struck by this one. But also, they didn't really feel like themselves. They didn't feel like their own thing. Do they feel like you? And then later, when the poet he's writing to shares a sonnet that Ruka's really impressed by.
1: He like, handwrites it out again.
0: Like, I want you to see it in my handwriting.
1: Yeah. yeah. see, so you, you can, see can read it in someone else's handwriting. You can read
0: it in someone else's handwriting and also see how much it is you.
1: And yeah. can I just say, speaking about your work specifically, National Merit, which is, you have said, is very much drawn off of, like, real-life experiences that you had in high school. My sister, like, felt so many specific resonances (laughs) from her high school experience watching that play, and, like, you guys went to very different schools, obviously, in very different locations, but, like, really moved her because it was, like, very clearly about an experience that she had had. And so, like, you speaking very personally about it, ended up being so much more resonant.
0: That's crazy to hear. I remember after the first reading we had of that play, and I remember I was just like, I don't think I've ever written anything that felt so raw and me ever before. And I felt the difference. Like, I'm processing my own shit through writing. Like, I'm... Like, all the discoveries that the audience would quote-unquote make in their experience watching it or hearing it. I'm actively discovering as I'm writing it. Wow, that play was like a huge, like, like opening. And I've made a lot of art that's like close to the truth. Or like, not the truth, but this is fun, you know? But making art that's the truth scary. It's scary, and also it's scary, but a lot of people have resonated with it in a way that they haven't resonated with a lot of my other art because of it I think yeah
1: yeah I think it's directly tied to that I think so too yeah Yeah. I think yeah absolutely a section I love is when Roka talks about doubt and it's a useful thing if you train wait I I have the quotes wait yeah pull up the quote the freaking quote because I think that's crucial at this point it's the same as like the negative emotions thing where it's like we have to like trust that those happen for a reason
0: your doubt can become a good quality if you can train it it must become wise and discerning ask it as soon as it wants to spoil something why this thing is hateful and demand proof make it show you demand explanations from it and stay alert and persistent every single time and the day will come when instead of a spoiler you discover that doubt is your best ally perhaps the most intelligent of all that crafts your life
1: Mm yeah I have like a whole soapbox about instincts and like how I feel personally like a little out of tune with my instincts a lot of the time, like I feel like there's so much immediate editing that happens always where it's taken me a lot of time to be able to start to trust my instincts as of things, and I think it's a similar thing with doubt, where it's like doubt for me is so frequently convoluted instantaneously like it 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 doesn't take much for me to self-correct i don't know maybe it's a matter of patience and like giving myself more time to think things to their fullest extent and then choose whether i want to believe it or not but like doubt is is just information right it's just information that something is unusual and so like pay attention
0: and doubt sometimes is just fear too i love the part where he's like really ask it show me why I think I'm still
1: figuring out what it means to like have doubt show me I think I am too but I think wait what we were talking about that gap in between like knowing something and acting on it I think that's like the same action as identifying why doubt exists like it feels like that's an important part of the it's like a flow chart you know where it's like does this doubt exist because I'm insecure or does it exists because this is like a scary thing. And like I think identifying the thought process is part of like choosing your route to action. Like you can reject the branch that is like this is just happening because I'm insecure, great. I'm going to do it anyway. Whereas like the one that's like it's actually scary, that might be the the part where it's like I can identify the thought process that is getting me there, but it's taking me a while to get to the action yeah. because the thought process is so intense. But there's so many
0: like Sometimes you're insecure about something and then that feels like it's just scary. Or sometimes things feel scary because you're insecure about them. And it's like, okay, but which one is it really? Yeah. I feel like it's just one of the things that I think I just need to get older (laughs) to start discerning it a little bit easier. More practice, I guess. I I think I just need more practice at it because sometimes I just can't tell the difference. So I only really find out if I end up saying yes to it and seeing what happens or if i end up saying no to it and then heavily regretting it later which i think is worse than getting a no later i think
1: so t- i think so too
0: regret is is the worst the, worst the what feeling. if feeling is the worst Awful and also ever.
1: unproductive i guess unproductive like, but it's like it's so real yeah in in a similar way that like youth it's frustrating (laughs) where it's like we know so much and also have so little practice where it's like, it's so easy to feel regretful or like insecure about so much of your previous work about like your process of building towards where you are now. But like all we can do is (laughs) make the decision we think is best at any given time. And most of the time we're doing that, you know, what we talked about last or this week, I guess, in Solar Power of, like, trying to forgive your past selves for all of those decisions that we maybe don't agree with now. Like, we didn't know any better.
0: You know, there's no way we Like, I worked with life. the data that I had at that point in time yeah. in my
1: life. And now I have more information. And maybe right now I would do something different if someone presented me with the same choice. So Rilke has some interesting things to say about, about gender. Okay, this is in the section when he's talking about how we're all trying to externalize our problem-solving through sex. He says, when, in reference to things such as hookup culture, Here the sexual realm is hardly untainted and whole. It's not sufficiently human, but only masculine. It is lust and thrust and restlessness laden with old prejudices and fantasies with which men have infused and burdened love. So I think the important part of this for me is that he says it is not sufficiently human, but only masculine. To me, this implies sufficiently human is both feminine and masculine and that the two are not mutually exclusive. Like we we all need qualities that we attribute to both masculine energy and feminine energy. Um, But I'm trying to think, he also talks about, femininity somewhere else it's like towards the end um this part about like not defining themselves in masculine terms but female humans will require will, will require no other completion
0: yeah.
1: i think it's really interesting because i was in this intimacy training the other day where the instructor whose name is maybe burke and is amazing was talking about how like the qualities we typically ascribe to femininity and masculinity are like not mutually exclusive like they relate to different things most of the time. I don't know that I've. I think I've, I agree with Rilke in that, like, femininity and feminine qualities encompass so much humanity because of the, like, act of creation, <laughs> like, that whole thing. Um, that, like, yes, perhaps maybe it is complete and in the end of itself without masculine qualities, but I also kind of disagree in that I think you, you really need the qualities that we in, like, our modern society ascribe to both in order to, like, function and live your life.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me... He says something at some time where it's, like... The way I interpreted it was, like, basically... uh, Once the inappropriateness of such a state was... It will be clear that women have only gone through a change of clothing in order to cleanse their own being of the influence of the other gender. So it's, like, we are both feminine and masculine... All we've done is, like, added all these societal layers of, like, how we dress and how we express ourselves that have, like, made it seem like we're just feminine. But it's, like, no, everyone has both. We just have, like, put pressure on people and socialize people in such a way that they, like, value one over the other. Like, the fact that I'm a cis woman is essentially
1: just, like, a very convenient in this society coincidence. And that you... And I both, like, embody qualities that, like, historically and stereotypically are ascribed to both genders.
0: And also, I've expressed before that I sometimes feel like not woman enough, which is so crazy. Because it's like, you can never not be enough of anything, really, because it's all kind of fake.
1: It's all kind of fake. <laughs> You're just you. You have the qualities yeah, you have. I, I feel I like I have the qualities I have.
0: Because of the culture I was raised in and what was normalized, I always felt like I was doing something wrong. I wasn't feminine enough. I didn't embrace enough of societal standards to like be a good girl. But it's like A there's a lot about me that is feminine, that is very feminine, and also whatever that whatever is not feminine, whatever is perceived as a little too masculine or a little too rejecting that whatever is expected is, like, not wrong. It's just, like, who I am.
1: Right, yeah, because there's <laughs> nothing wrong with you. you are. Yeah, you're not doing anything wrong. You just are just you. Everyone has everything because yeah. we're all just freaking people and gender respect. Yeah. And yeah, also absolutely. it's very real implications in our society's world, but... Because we're so immersed in this world where
0: it has gender has very real consequences and very real effects on our lives if you really think about it and think about okay the ways you fulfill your gender expectations question how many of those do you have to actively pressure yourself or force yourself to fit into how many of those you naturally fit into there are going to be ones that you're like fuck yeah this isn't like a natural instinct for me This is something I've, like, been taught to do.
1: Love you, Rilke. Thank you for writing these letters. Also, if you're curious, so we are talking about his book of letters. He also, he writes poetry. Look into the Duino Elegies. I, I was told to read it by Adelaide. Shout out Adelaide. Anyway, we love Rilke. Read his poetry. I hope you have a really good week love you love you you're totally fine by the way everything's fine yeah whatever you're feeling and also if you don't feel fine like that's also fine
0: whatever you're feeling however hard or easy this week was totally fine love you thank you for listening it means a lot to us as always yeah. much love have a great week kill have it a
1: great week. you're
0: doing your best and that's enough
1: yeah <laughs> bye, bye. bye.
0: We Have Time Now is produced by Magdalena Delzell and Valen-Marie Santos and edited by Valen-Marie Santos. We come out with new episodes every Friday. Bye!